Hello and welcome to Label Sessions Presents. Label Sessions is a global platform that connects you to the best advice from the most interesting people, whether you want advice, mentoring or ideas. I'm Maxie Mackey of Label Sessions and in this episode, myself and Josh Nixon will talk about our time at Money 2020 and showcase some of our favourite moments across the people we spoke to at Europe's largest fintech conference. Fab, well, thank you so much for joining us. We wanted to share a little um, update from our kind of a label sessions trip to Money 2020 in Amsterdam. So we had a, a kind of a very busy couple of days hearing talks, meeting people, interviewing them. And what we really wanted to do is just share some of our takeaways here and then showcase some of the conversations that we have with some of the really interesting fintechs to watch. Um, so this is it. Josh, it was your first time at a conference. Uh, yeah, yeah, it absolutely was. It was it was a really, really engaging and enlightening experience. It's a completely different world than what I'm typically used to. I've, I've never been to such a grand event before, especially since one of the biggest fintech conferences in the world. Um, and it was really, really great, really busy, like you say, and... Um, there's just so much to do and see and just so many talks and some of the talks that we went to go see were fantastic. Like um, I know that you mentioned last time the, the talk with Sandra Alzetti from Spotify is also a fellow Scot. Um, she was really fascinating and um, I was just thinking we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I wanted to see her because I think she was like, what, head of commerce and customer at, at Spotify? Um, so I just think it's a really interesting role because she has such a strong payments history um, and a huge amount of experience because I think the opportunities for some of these huge ubiquitous kind of a, a direct-to-consumer platforms um, are just massive and she was talking a lot about the payments steps and processes for their artists and how as an organization they're really interested in how their the kind of a dispersal of income back to the creative community. So I thought that was a really curious and, and a really interesting way to frame things. Another talk I really liked was with the CEO from Bunk. Now, they're a Dutch challenger bank. They have always kind of done things quite differently. So I've written about them in the past. So it was lovely to um, hear their CEO like talk in person. And some of the things that they've done quite differently, unlike a lot of their challenges, they've always been a paid service from day one. They've never kind of bought into the freemium model. Um, I think that's a, a really powerful message for the kind of a neo and challenger banks. They've actually just become profitable too, so he was quite chuffed about that when he was on stage. Um, so it was great to hear what they're doing, their journey. They just had a, actually won a court case against the Dutch regulator to try and open up their um, the ways in which some of the regulatory um, frameworks are applied to neo and challenger banks. So. Really interesting. Um, they were also talking about their expansion into the US and how for them it was going to be a really long-term um, move. So it felt like quite an exciting announcement on stage, but then he kind of, uh, um, there was a, quite a strong caveat and balance of this is going to be quite a long-term move for them. It was fantastic. I mean, I didn't get a chance to, um, to, to sit down and do much talks because like I was saying, we we're going to walk through some of the interviews later on. Um, I was busy bouncing about getting all those. Yeah, I feel like uh, a big part of that as well as is, is some of the how it spotlights a lot of startups, and um, they had about six or seven different startups, and we were invited to a nice little event where they came and talked. They give like a sort of what was it a five minute talk about what it is that made them unique, 
a showcase event I think is a really useful thing to do because I think you get a sense at Money 2020 how the success of many startups that are really in the scale-up mode with their huge stands, big signs everywhere. But what I think the event organisers did really well was to showcase the ones to watch. Um, and we were really lucky to have kind of uh, some really kind of in-depth conversations with them. I know we'll share some highlights of that a little bit later in the pod. But um, one that I really liked was Zing Cover. So we talked to the founder, Rob, and when he was giving his kind of a pitch at the event, most people are asked around their investment journey. Could you get a sense at Money 2020? It's really where deals are made and this sense of like success and scale. And so a lot of the questions around are around investment. It's a bit, I think, associated with the market right now for investment, but also because that's really the path to scaling and growth. But what I really liked about how Rob framed this this conversation is instead of talking about how he got investors, the role of his investors, he actually fo- refocused and reframed things on the brands he worked with. So Zing Cover are a embedded insurance product for luxury goods. So it could be jewelry, watches, a handbag. And these are all products that have a, a, high about, a high value that there's not that much opportunity to insure. And what his product does is affords the brands that he partners with the opportunity to have a longer um, life cycle with their customers and a longer like, like ways to engage with them. And I think for the customers, it just gives them a far better insurance experience rather than looping your products in with your home insurance it's a very kind of a specialized insurance and instead of making it a really niche third party thing it's now embedded within the brand experience so I think they have a great concept great delivery mechanism and I thought it was just a real reminder to for a lot of the startups to really think about their brand partners and how important they are sometimes in securing that investment but um, also in the kind of a success of their their business. Yeah, Rob was just one of one of many. Like I say, there's there's going to be the highlights. And um, another person that I was really really fascinated by and uh, talking to is uh, Davina Paul from Zumo, because um, she was in a one of the startups highlighted, and and she, that was Zumo's the digital asset wallet. That's sort of an extension of, of cryptocurrency, and um, that was really fascinating to learn about because it's something that I'm very keen to to know more about cryptocurrency because obviously it had that big sort of cultural boom and yeah. Yeah. top of that hype cycle and I think Zuma are so interesting because they are really trying to make the kind of holding crypto assets really kind of a transparent and easy and what they've done is they've built in a head of climate and sustainability from day one because a lot of these digital assets are kind of a do have an implication for some of the kind of a climate activities so they're not necessarily the most environmentally friendly things the amount of power it takes to create them and hold them and store them and so to have a head of climate from day one and have them kind of a showcase the story of a crypto wallet I think is really powerful it was just a great event really busy lots of conversations lots of spaces to have different types of conversations um really interesting just lots of walking lots of activity I think Josh you had 30,000 steps one day which is just kind of a, I think you forget that you're kind of always on the feet, always um, always on the go. Um, but I think a really powerful event to bring people together. And I think it's those things that are quite exciting to meet people, make conversations. We've talked privately, Josh, around how easy the app was to kind of uh, find people that you, you kind of wanted to talk to and then set up a, a meeting. 
things like that just make and there's also the serendipity of kind of a meeting people in different places it was lovely when people recognized the our kind of us from our label sessions badges so there's always something quite nice where everyone's looking at what company you're coming from but it was lovely for people to kind of come up to us and say hi because they knew label sessions um so i think this amazing just energy um meeting of minds different debates and great to just go and get a sense of how busy the world is so much to do and so much to see and like you say it was constantly just being bounced about and meeting new people and like you say the serendipity of it i completely agree on all counts and i'd absolutely love to go again next year it's just great to see and it's great to keep in the loop with these things so yeah i feel like that wraps it up so i was just feeling like now would be the best time to go into a little bit of the i know should we lift the lid a little bit and showcase some of the conversations we've had enough of us speaking let's showcase with you some of the interesting conversations that we had with people we met at money 2020 intro each one so you've got some context but we we hope you enjoy and now ben ford who's the head of growth at australian fintech frollo we talked to him about the differences in fintech in Australia and the rest of the world. Is there anything that the European market could potentially learn from Australia or, or how, it, how it differs, so to speak? Yeah, look, I, I think generally speaking, there's this idea that Australia is a bit behind uh, Europe or the UK. And certainly um, in, the, in the sphere of open banking, where we do a lot of our work, which really enables a consumer to share their data into our app and enables consumers to share their data. We're a bit behind um, the UK. Um, I think certain areas, though, Australia has been sort of really leading the way in things like buy now, pay later. Um, so that's not always a good thing, I should say. So, um, you know, it can lead to all kinds of problems and people taking on too much debt, spending money they don't have and all the rest of it. But um, there are pockets where Australia is super innovative um, and sort of leads the way globally. That was certainly one of them. Um, there's been a bit of a correction since then and sort of things have slowed down a little bit. Um, but I guess it's really just about sort of um, bouncing ideas back and forth, seeing what works well in di different jurisdictions, what works well in Europe might not work well in Australia, what works well uh, in Australia might not work well in Asia or Europe and, and things like that. So um, there's a lot of sort of iteration and trial and error that you've got to do. Um, and that's the nature of, I guess, sort of learning and uh, what works and what doesn't. And next up is Davina Paul the CFO of Zumo, the digital asset wallet. Zumo were declared one of Money 2020's most interesting startups to watch. So we tracked her down and asked her about advice for stepping up in her industry. What sort of advice would you give to someone who's looking to maybe step into the field that you're in or somebody who's looking to maybe step up into a more senior role? I would say always go for it. When you are in, in the middle of your career, you forget how much you've achieved. You forget how much you've done and how much you have to offer. Um, and so take some time, have a, have a think about all the key things you've done. And I think people will surprise themselves. I think, you know, be open to talking to people. It's not always uh, easy for people, but just practice it. You know, that what's the worst that can happen? You know, really increase your network, meet people, allow people to know how good you are. And I think once you're in there, just, just become that trusted advisor, someone that people can lean on. They know that they can depend on you to do brilliant work, as has been the case for me. You know, people will be always asking you, come and join this thing I'm doing because I know that you will add value. And next up is Margarita Maspero, who's head of marketing at the award-winning reg tech company Know Your Customer. We talked to Margarita about the unique challenges of marketing reg tech and the importance of women in leadership roles. Female representation, and especially in leadership roles, is really, really coming into, into a stride. It should have been absolutely ages ago. What is the continuing steps that 
people in your position should take to to continue that sort of growth and and how important it is to to really really get a diverse selection of people in in these roles i'm gonna say something that you know has been said many times but the more people in the room, the, the more variety of perspectives, the better ideas you get. Uh, and, you know, in this world, there are so many different people with different experiences and female representation is one. There are so many other types of representation that we should really be pushing because the more diverse we are in our perspectives and the points of view that we bring to the table, like the better world and the better solutions and technology we can build. So I think that's ultimately the, the main thing. And then the other part of it is, you know, you can only imagine it if you see it like, you know, so if you see a lot of women CEO, if you see a lot of people from different backgrounds uh, in positions of like, quote unquote, power, that's when it becomes easier for the next generation to actually do that and to see themselves in those shoes as well. So I think that's that's totally like something I believe in and that I think as an industry, we should really try to, to push for and push forward. Now we've got Rob Korsniak for you who's the co-founder and CEO of embedded insurance startup Zing Cover, another of Money 2020's most interesting startups to watch. We talked to him about the advice he'd offer to other founders. I'm quite interested in the advice that you may give to others because at a conference you hear lots of different things. I'm curious for you, what advice would you give to other founders? Start with the, start with the value proposition of your business and who your customers are, what your distribution is going to be to reach those customers and and test it and make sure it's right and if it's right then everything else sort of comes together you'll have people say well just you know go and ask your friends or go out on the street with a clipboard and start getting responses if you're serious about working with serious businesses and you're confident in the in the in the idea you have for the business go and speak to those businesses don't 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 start talking to your friends or, or standing with a clipboard because you might not get the right answer just have confidence go out there start having some proper business conversations. Next up is our conversation with Ivan Mutt, who's the co-founder of Strive, a youth banking solution. We talked to Ivan about the challenges of tackling fintech solutions around the world with several markets at the same time, including differences in South Asian markets. So what are the challenges of, of working so on a global scale like that, with the, uh, tackling different cultures and how they approach fintech and how they like handle currency and money? Yeah, what's definitely a challenge that you have to kind of uh, customize your solutions. Uh, you can have the best package solution out there, but yeah, you definitely need to uh, be open for customization. Also have a team uh, mm -hmm. that can customize both front-end, back-end, and, um, and really make sure that uh, your, for example, piggy bank that's in the form of a pig uh, might be not uh, um, such an appealing figure uh, in Africa. And then you might need to deliver a rhino or an elephant uh, money box and that's true in our case but uh, yeah you definitely have to to consider these uh, customization related issues and yeah make sure that you have the right value proposition on each and every market and now here's our conversation with alan nagel who's the founder of real-time third-party risk intelligence platform kyp that's know your partner and also another one of money 2020's coveted most interesting startups we talked to alan about what advice he'd give his younger self with that kind of a power of hindsight he has now was this always the career path that you had in mind was this always the sort of avenue that you would you would your younger self think this is what i want to do <laughs> well i could tell you a few stories about my younger self that uh, basically out of 100 people that i went to school with in they went to secondary class uh, two people went to college, so the ratio of success to went to college 
was very small compared to people who went down other avenues. And I always wanted to um, be a CEO and run my own business. So I was the first person in my um, family to go to college. Um, I really wanted to work in an area where I was um, um, inspired by people who were really intelligent. I always loved being around people who were smarter than me. So every time I drive and start a certain direction and I make friends and make acquaintances, I really want to grow, learn off them. If you're the smartest person in your room, room, you're in the wrong room. So I always like when I was in PayPal, I wanted to join Google. So um, at night time, I spent four years, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, going to college after work uh, to get my degree and then doing my um, assignments at the weekend. So I worked really hard to uh, get a degree and you couldn't work for Google at the time without a degree. I got first class honours in credit and risk management. I spent 20, 25 years building my career, my network, my understanding. So um, when I talk about fraud and I understand problem statements, it's, um, it's ingrained in me. I understand it innately and I understand from an operational perspective and from um, a CEO perspective um, what's required to make fast decisions and accurate decisions. And if engineering can uh, produce something and create something, the operational people take half an hour every day to do. Why not expend the time and prioritise engineering delivering that for operational people rather than wasting time operational guys doing every day these manual tasks because that's completely another waste of time. And I come from the operational perspective where the engineers say, well, uh, on an onboarding process, the operational guys, you click that box, but there's 10,000 people signing up for your service every day. Is how many operational people do you need to click that box when engineering can use smart technology in order to solve that problems? And from that perspective, that's where you want to use engineering and prioritize um, execution and uh, delivery over um, manual processes. So concludes Label Sessions Presents. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast, no matter your platform. And of course, start your journey with us today at labelsessions.com.